0: Welcome back, my friends. This week we're going to be playing part two of an interview series that I did with Alicia Patterson. And just as an FYI, I should have probably mentioned this last week as well, but we are talking about personal topics for sure. I mean, you're probably familiar with personal topics seeing as this seeing as this entire podcast is called Lady Bits or Dr. Bree talks Lady Bits. But either way, if you are in an area where there's you know other people around or sensitive ears, you might want to wear headphones. There is absolutely nothing crude and there's no foul language nothing like that but again it's just personal stuff so consider yourself warned and enjoy this episode we're gonna get deep into really really uh fantastic things specifically the layers of the pelvic floor and a lot of interesting information about lineage and working with organ systems and oh it's fabulous so stay tuned and as always, check the show notes for ways to connect with Alicia and for more information that might be interesting to you, including my sign up link for my 3-day at-home pelvic tension retreat. Most of us carry some amount of tension in the pelvic floor and even if you have prolapse or bladder leakage, it can be really helpful to release, relax and simply identify the muscles that are around the pelvis area, the the hips, and the pelvic floor muscles themselves. So definitely check out that three-day at-home yoga retreat. It is free. (laughs) The videos are on my YouTube channel, but it's nice if you sign up because you can get them sent to you. So that link is in the show notes, or you can just go to bit.ly slash pelvic tension retreat. Let's move on to the interview. Last week, Alicia Patterson and I chatted about so much. My goodness, we had an amazing conversation. So if you missed part one of this two-part interview series about, I mean, my goodness, about all things pelvic health, emotional healing, please keep listening because Alicia and I today are going to talk more about this topic. Specifically, we're going to go into the layers of the pelvis and pelvic healing This is really, really interesting. I was on Alicia's Instagram profile and I saw some posts that she was uh, sharing about the layers of the pelvis and different themes that come up at each layer. So I'm really going to let Alicia just dive in. Again, please listen to part one if you haven't already. Alicia, please tell us, what is this about the layers of the pelvis and the vaginal tunnel?
1: Mm -hmm. In the beginning, it can be challenging to visualize all of this. We don't always have the best photos to show us this. I'm thinking of that like cross cut in the gynecologist office. It's like, that is not helpful. That's not actually what it looks like or what is happening. I think it, it can give a good whole picture side view, um, but it's not three dimensional. And our pelvis is, our whole body is three dimensional. So there are many different layers in terms of soft tissue. So one thing that I always love to give and people find this so interesting is that there's over 15 pounds of erectile tissue on the inside of the female pelvis. That is a lot of, that's pounds and pounds of tissue that wants to be um, engorged and open and aroused if we're having a sexual process. It also is resting and like sitting down into the base of our body. And it's organ tissue, it's soft muscle tissue, it's erectile tissue of the clitoris, you know, like the shape and size of the clitoris. We've had these amazing photos coming out in the last couple of years or these drawings that show that the clitoris is not just a little button. It's like, it is an incredible thing. It's like a whole system that is underneath the skin, mostly. So um, I'm going to talk through the layers of the pelvis and how I work in my process. And I think it's important to know that there are a lot of different ways to approach this healing. There are a lot of modalities. I have my own way because I'm in the United States and I'm working with credentials and liability and all this stuff. So um, I did my training with a physical therapist and then I worked with someone who pulled a lot from the sexological bodywork lenses which is more slow and consensual and working with the whole body instead of only muscles and then i did a bunch of online courses that kind of rounded me out around all of this and i just pull from all of those different lenses in my work I love this. so i do work with the vulva a lot of physical therapists don't work with the vulva so that is a little bit of a difference and I always talk with people like I do work with the vulva I think it's helpful to soften the outer tissue before we just go inside Mm -hmm. and it's consensual and it is absolutely something that can be skipped if people don't want it Um, so there's just all this discussion about all of this before we just get into this and I feel like I need to say that just so that people know that I think that's important. And if you want to work with a practitioner, I really recommend asking them about their training and making sure that they have good paperwork and what is their process of consent. Um, Just because there are a lot of people out there doing pelvic massage and I don't always trust the way that they're doing it. So I just want people to protect themselves. So in terms of the layers, the first layer is the vulva, the outer tissue and the opening of the vaginal tunnel. So this first layer is usually all about boundaries. This is our most outer tissue. It protects our inner, our most tender tissues and organs from the world. If there's been a lot of boundary violation or a lot of, like I said in the last podcast, I had a lot of sex in my early years that wasn't really connected or like, safe necessarily for me and my body I was just like well I guess this is what it is and so I feel like I had to work through a pretty good amount of boundary issues and stories and relationships and people and their energy and like I felt like there was all this stuff in my body and that's the first layer is around the opening and there's also the urethral opening so the urethral opening is so small most people don't really look for it or see it um, but like I shared in the last time I had chronic UTIs, so I had a lot of crystallization around my urethral opening. So that was something that I worked through. Mm-hmm. And this first layer is also the, um, the first layer of the vaginal opening. And I call them rings because
0: it's, it literally feels like there's this little circular tube. It's a tiny muscle tissue the right. bulbous spongiosis, the, the bulbocavernosis, cavernosis, the, that uh, outer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And that, you know, it feels like a tube. I'll like run my finger around that tube. Sometimes it. And again, it is,
0: I'm sorry, just to make sure I'm clear, you're talking about the outermost, like the most superficial layer, correct, of muscles. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's like just outside of the opening mm-hmm. and then just inside of the opening. Mm-hmm. Those. Um, soft, they're soft tissues, but they often get very tight. Mm -hmm. And so if someone has a lot of pain around early penetration, that's something that can be worked with. There is that first layer of tissues. And often it's about receiving, it's about boundaries, it's about opening or protection. Um, Sometimes it is just a muscle tension pattern. Sometimes it's emotional, sometimes it's about trauma. You know, there's lots of layers with all of this. And the second layer, so I also just want to say, I think there's actually seven layers. I'm not going to go through all of them because there's so much, but the Taoist tradition has a reflexology map of the vaginal tunnel. It's amazing to see um, there's all the different points for all the organs inside of the vaginal canal. And so you can literally do like vaginal reflexology with the organs through the inside of the body instead of the feet.
0: Oh my gosh. I had no idea. That That is fascinating. I did not know that. Okay.
1: Yeah. There's these really awesome diagrams that show, um, the, the levels and the layers and the organs they're like labeled. You might be able to find it online or I can try to look for it for you if you want. Um, so anyway, once you get past this first layer, and you start to get into a little more depth inside of the vagina and you're not all the way back. You're not close to the cervix and the ovaries just yet, but you're also not just around the opening. Like you're usually maybe like halfway through for finger length. If you kind of, and you can do this with yourself or with a practitioner. Mm -hmm. And this is where those really, um, There's a lot of muscle patterns that often come up here, those side muscles that are holding and supporting the canal. So the second layer in the psychology association is often about um, like family of origin stories, like intense feelings about something our parents went through, big relationships we had, our first love like really impactful sexual relationships i call this me and my story Mm -hmm. you know it's anything that's like really in there close to me and it's about me and my lifetime like me and my identity is Mm -hmm. this like second
0: layer and so to be clear again about that that would be more of the levator ani like the pelvic floor bulky muscles Correct. That you're okay. And that's, so again, that's about two inches in or so we're, we're right. thinking, you know, your feet, fin- like you said about halfway, your finger is about halfway in, right. a little less. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. And if you think about it conceptually, anatomically, it
1: makes so much sense. Those outer, most close to the outside world muscles are mm-hmm. most protective and they're also most, um, like they open to let in and let out. And they also protect our, mm-hmm. our most inner, you know, it's our inner sanctum. It's like our, our temple inside. And then the second layer has these profoundly strong, really important foundational muscles. And the second layer is associated with our identity, yeah, with our, our, our self, you know, who I am in the world, my family, my story, my, like my stuff, really the, um, The layer that most people are most interested in and it's the most expansive and it is so beautiful and very deep and can also be a little too expansive sometimes if people aren't really ready for that. And I want to talk about that in a moment is this third layer. We're close to the cervix. We're close to the ovaries. Maybe we're touching the cervix. We're close to the uterus we're closer to the bladder and these powerful organ energies for me, my terminology is that they hold ancient information. They hold information that is way beyond me and my story. They hold DNA. The ovaries are little hubs of DNA. They are genetic pockets. You know, it's like a little genetic material um, container. Mm-hmm and the uterus is one of the most incredible organs and how it is able to be hollow all of our other organs are constantly emptying and filling they're doing this like constant kind of filtering and processing and moving things through and the uterus goes through this incredible journey of filling and emptying And the prostate actually also goes through that journey if you do prostate care. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're talked about as the wisdom of the body, Mm -hmm. as those organs that are able to be hollow, because they're not always filling with toxins that need to be released. So this third layer, and this is why I associate pelvic trauma as part of this discussion, because for people who want to go all the way to the third layer, right away, and they might not really be grounded in their life, or they might not have their basic needs met, or um, maybe there's some mental health needs that really need to stabilize before they do this big, expansive work. I just always err on the side of caution because I'm a counselor, and I've seen the inside of psychiatric wards, and I've seen breaks in people's psyche. And I'm not saying that this will break someone's psyche, but when I did this experience and I finally got to that third level, like I said, I was really um, borderline disturbed about some things and I had memories and I felt like I was communicating with ancestors and spirits and I have been through years of therapy and grounding myself to like be able to handle that. So I just want to make sure that people are really prepared when they go to the, the layer of these depths. Um, but it's incredible. And it's like the most, it can be like the dissolve of the ego. It can be that like, I feel connected to the backlog of what's behind me. And sometimes that comes with heaviness, like you were saying. And sometimes that comes with a lot of gifts, like the, the power of our lineage, uh-huh. uh, like Tammy talks about, um, the more primitive, like tribal version of us and that we can access that through our pelvis and working with our ovaries. So this is where things can get kind of psychedelic for people like it can get trippy people have visions they hear voices they we feel presence in the room um, like if we work with an abortion for an example we'll often contact the spirit or the soul of the baby when we get to this third layer and it's so powerful you know it, it's palpable it feels it's so real to people and, I've done this for myself when my examples that I worked through a lot around Judaism and the Holocaust, and this is a phenomenon that happens in pelvic healing work. And Tammy talks about this and lots of other teachers talk about this in their own way. When we get to this level of depth really far back, a lot of people have very intense, very powerful visions or memories or embodied feelings around slavery and war and genocide and mass rape and all these like really traumatic kind of collective trauma imprints Mm -hmm. and Mine was around the Holocaust and Judaism because my grandfather was Jewish and I grew up Catholic So my family really swallowed Judaism and it was put away It's not really talked about and I grew up with all these Jewish friends And I was mystified and I was like, I had this big thing. Like I was having this total experience. And um, like when I went to the Holocaust Museum, I was wrecked in a way that I wasn't when I went to the slavery museum. You know, it just impacted me in a different way Mm -hmm. because of my own lineage and my own genetic history. And I thought I had dealt with this. Like I had done therapy about this. I was looking into it. I was like, okay, some would do some lineage work. And then I got into my pelvic healing experience and we got really far into my body. And I started having these wild experiences around the Holocaust and feelings about my ancestors and visions. So like, I don't even want to go into what I yeah. saw because yeah. it's pretty out there. And it was so real and so present for me for maybe a year. And then it just lifted and like totally done. And I was like, wow, okay. So there's this like other other dimensional, like altered sense of time and space that a lot of people will go into if they want that. You know, if if they're ready for that, if they're looking for that. I wasn't really looking for it, but I feel like I was ready for it and it kind of presented itself to me and I was like, oh, hello, like, I guess I have to deal with this now, Um, but it's so powerful and it can feel very spiritual or um, healing or kind of transformational for people, that third most expansive
0: layer. Well, and freeing, it sounds like. I work with a lot of people who have prolapse and have a lot of heaviness in the pelvis, and it seems like this type of work, if someone were to be open to it, could really lift a lot of emotional heaviness and stagnation in that area if they're harboring, you know, and, and who isn't harboring between our own stuff and then, as you're saying, potential even lineage issues. Well, not potential for sure. I mean, we all have lineage. And so if we have these issues that are just sort of building up in our um, pelvic bowl, it's certainly going to weigh things down energetically. So I love this. And when you were talking, it just reminded me of something I've been thinking a lot about recently, which is how we are all just, you know, we're animals and we forget sometimes that that, you know, we are all very intuitive, even though a lot of us have forgotten that aspect of ourselves, but we can all kind of understand or have seen in our own pets or have seen on, you know, cute YouTube videos or whatever, how animals, you know, we know that they have that sixth sense. They know when a storm is coming or like we've seen pets or we've experienced pets, come to us when we're meditating or come to us when we're doing yoga they know they just come running my cat does i've talked about this before <laughs> yeah. i've had lots of people reach out and be like oh my gosh my dog totally does the same or my cat does the same or whatever it was we accept that the animals have this sense but we mm-hmm. forget that we are animals and we have this sense too and we have energy that i mean it, everything is energy we don't have energy everything is energy and we have we're able to access that as well and i feel like that's really what you're speaking to and the lineage piece of what you said it reminded me so much of you know that intuitive lineage thing is strong when you were saying that you felt it more strongly when you realized it was tied to the holocaust more so than other you know, traumatic times in history that may not be as tied to your personal lineage. Um, It's interesting. This is a little different, but kind of the same. When I was traveling in, in Europe, I was traveling to Sweden and I tell you, I set ground, I set my foot on the ground of that country and I was like, what the hell, (laughs) like what is happening? I am home, like this is home and this bodily sense of this is actually this is my roots and my roots are in Scandinavia. I have deep Scandinavian roots and I felt it bodily, Mm -hmm. but it's just so cool to accept and honor the fact that we are people that do have these ties and we may not think about it regularly. We may not even like, it might be like, what? Nah, lineage. I don't, I don't get that. Or Mm -hmm. even energy. I don't get that, you know, but we do. And once you experience it, I can see how it would be tied up in your physical body in ways that you may not even realize.
1: Absolutely. So, it's totally, you know, our, our root, our pelvis, our legs, our feet, it's where it's our connection with the earth. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it is this place of intuition and wisdom. And it's, um, it's far away from the brain. You yeah. know, the uterus is far from the mind. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like there's constantly this, and I'm very cerebral, you know, I've reading and researching and I've done so many trainings and I work with people in therapy. And so I'm not knocking the brain. I think it's equally as important as the body. However, there is this center of this depth down into our pelvis that we've been taught to ignore by modern culture. Yeah. That celebrates the brain and wealth and power and that's it. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, there's something else that needs to be honored here. And the more that I've done this for myself, the healthier I've gotten in being able to navigate this wild world that I really didn't have a lot of tools for in the beginning. So it's kind of a paradox and the piece about energy. I always like to explain to people that I work with and for myself and, um, you know, cause I love the woo, but sometimes it's a little too out there. And I'm like, well, where's the proof? Like, where's yeah. the reasoning? Like where's the anatomical piece around this? And I just really come into working with organ systems. So like when I work with kidneys and I put my hand under someone's kidney area and their upper lower back, and they start to breathe and that kidney starts to like talk to my hand. The kidneys are our stress center. You know, it's, it's fear and anxiety. Those are the chemicals. so when someone like me, I used to have high anxiety and my pelvic floor and my core was always in fear. I didn't mean to be, but you know, my abdominals were pulling my floor up just kind of contracting in fear. And my system was pumping adrenaline and cortisol. So, nourishing my kidneys and starting to do energy work with my kidneys, it's not woo. It's the chemicals in the body that produce hormonal and emotional experiences. That's what energy work is to me. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, working with the liver. Those are the chemicals that usually are associated with anger and frustration. So, it's like, I think that there is a way to balance all of this out and saying, when we work with the ovaries, we're working with a certain kind of, um, presence in the body. We're working with that reproductive creative hormone and that could have all the spiritual associations and it can also be so anatomically founded. And that's why I love, you know, the internet, it really has done amazing things for this work because of we have access now and when i started this work 10 years ago i felt like i was digging underground like looking and you know who and oh they don't have a website so i have to call them and you know so now there's this wealth of information and of course there's going to be a shadow to that there's so many people touting the stuff online and i'm like i don't think they really know what they're talking about do they have any training it's like of course there's always going to be that side of things But there is so much access now and there are so many incredible resources that are just like me finding you. Like I never would have connected to you. And um, I just really want to encourage people to consider that and that there's so much privilege in that, that we do have access to this, that we have. If we have Wi-Fi, if we're able to listen to this, we do have a lot of privilege that a lot of people in this world don't have and they
0: don't have access to it. Yeah. I agree. And I want to encourage people to to take this information and to really sit with it and realize that while it might seem almost like, is this really that important? Like, do Mm -hmm. I like you do you know what I mean? Like there may be an aspect. People might be like, Okay, there are better more important things in the world that I should be dealing with than my uterus and my cervix and my Mm -hmm. pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. What would your response be to someone who's thinking that? Because I have my response, but I'd love to hear your response. I do think that there are certain personality types
1: that really get into this more. And so that's valid. You know, if, it, if it's not for you, like, cool, you know, then go do what is for you. If, if you're sure that you're all good if you're not sure, if you're having symptoms, if you're leaking pee when you run with your kids, that's not normal. Yeah. If you're having cervical pain during sex, that's not something that is just like, I just tolerate this. This is just life. These are the messages that are programs mm-hmm. that are, they're not healthy for us. So the one thing that I will say in terms of health is when people have challenges and a symptom or some, they know something's not really right and it might be easy to ignore because it's not a huge deal. It usually gets worse as we get older. Yeah. And I've seen too many elder women who have had a surgery and they're like, I wish I addressed this when I was younger. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want to scare people. I just want to let people know that if there is something going on, And if we choose to ignore it, it usually doesn't just resolve itself with this area of the body, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. It's something that can resolve, you know, if we, it's like with anything, you know, if we resolve and look at something within a week, if we wait 20 years the people that wait longer and there's more chronic long-term patterns like I did, I waited over 10 years to start to address that cervical scar tissue. It took me a long time. Yeah. A really long time. And I'm like, I wish I had done something two weeks after I had that procedure. You know, it's like there is a lot of empowerment that can come with this education. So um, it's always going to be a personal choice. How far do we go? I went as far as I could with all my sessions cause I wanted to be a practitioner. So I did the max cause I was like, I'm so into this and it's, mm-hmm. that's my passion. And I want to learn. Not everybody's going to do all of that, but sometimes it only takes a couple sessions for the body to get what we need. And I just want to encourage people to validate that for themselves and not let anybody tell them that it's not that bad or, they don't need a referral. Like since I'm in the U S people have to beg for referrals often and insurance doesn't cover certain types of work. Like it's just a big bummer for me, the way that the world approaches this area of the body and all the ways that we're set up to not get the support that I believe is foundational and should be part of healthcare. Mm -hmm. So I just say, advocate for yourself, ask the questions, do some research. If you feel amazing and you're like so content in your life and you're super strong and you have amazing sex and you have no pelvic health symptoms. Awesome. Like I'm so happy for people that have that experience. But unfortunately I feel like a lot of people do not have that experience. And most people are suffering in silence or they're having a doctor or their partner just tell them like, well, I guess this is just how it is. And I'm like, no, no, no. You know, like, that is just um, so heartbreaking to me. Yeah. So I just say, just be honest
0: with yourself about where you're at. I like that. I completely agree. I think you answered that perfectly. If anyone was even thinking that, which maybe they weren't, if they were that far into our conversation, they probably are all in anyway. We're preaching to the choir here, but I, I agree. I mean, it comes down to quality of life and anything you can do to elevate your quality of life. And like you said, if there's something that's a little bit off, You don't just have to live with it. And whether that's a pelvic health type of symptom or even just something's just not right. I just don't feel connected. I feel maybe empty. People talk about, you know, the womb and the uterus and I feel like I don't get it. I don't get what they're talking about. I feel empty there. Or maybe I'm always feeling ungrounded. Uh, It really seems to me like this is something to explore. If nothing else just to simply improve your quality of life because there's nothing simple about that I mean, we're here to live so why yeah. not? Live our best life. I mean that's our whole purpose of being here is literally to enjoy the life that we have while We're here to the best we can and this may be this area is, is so Powerful and it may hold some of the missing keys to increasing and improving that quality of life even just a even just a notch but that notch might make all the difference into unlocking and expanding all sorts of things for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Confidence. um, Yeah. Your sexual health, your your mental health, everything. So yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This has been amazing. Is there anything that you want to leave folks with Alicia? Yeah. um, Well,
1: you know, I had pelvic trauma on the list and we didn't go into it a ton. So I just want to acknowledge that and, let people know that pelvic trauma is a wide spectrum. It could be anything from falling on our tailbone when we're little and now we have like mild or severe chronic pain Mm -hmm. to a lot of people think of pelvic trauma as like really severe, something like a violent rape or sexual abuse as a child, which of course can be worked with with this. But there's a lot of in between There's birth trauma, there's medical trauma and scar tissue. There's um, developmental patterns around our gender and our sexuality and the messages we got from the world about all of that. And there's more, you know, like our own birth. I really worked with my own birth story because this is where we come from. I come from a uterus. It's like, Of course, you know, our own birth story sometimes will arise as we do this work. So I just want to encourage people to be so loving and curious. And, you know, if there's time and there's interest, cool. If there's not, no worries. It's like to follow that curiosity and that inner voice around this. The one thing I will say is that I really believe that this impacts the world because it can change how we talk to children yeah, and it can impact how we teach children about their body and their health and their sexuality. And our world is in a really tough spot. We are in a lot of shadow around all of those themes. So, you know, if this impacts how people parent and how they talk to their kids or how they teach in school that's one of the most inspiring things for me so i have a lot of people who work with me who end up showing my online courses to their kids because they're like i know that they're not getting this at school and so i want to just let them see these photos and start to understand this and so Um, My biggest prayer is that people know that there are resources and that there is access to support for whatever it is, because there's such a wide, vast variety of stories and experiences that people are
0: navigating around this part of the body. Thank you. That's the perfect way to cap this off. So Thank you so much for being here for sharing your wisdom. Um, I know I learned a lot and I'm sure everyone listening did too. So where can people find you? And then we'll sign off. Great. Thank you. Yeah, my
1: website um, is like the hub for me. It's com, And people can email me. Um, my email, you can just put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. It's Alicia N Patterson at gmail. Okay. And I love to connect with people. I've had some amazing, like, I still hear from people from a podcast. I did like three, four years ago. And, um, I think it's a really palatable, accessible way to talk about this and a normal, like we're normalizing all of this. Like, wow. you know, I'm a woman out there in the world and I live in Denver and I have a home and I have pets and I'm talking about this and, mm-hmm. It's, I think it's really good for people to hear that and not just see this person on the internet who's like a goddess living in Thailand. It's like not everybody <laughs> is doing that. So um, I just want to make it really accessible. So I love to hear from people. If you want to write to me, please reach out. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Um, your inner power and inner power alicia is my social media stuff so i'll just give you
0: links to all of this so you can just
1: post it in the notes
0: thank you thank you so much oh my gosh okay i'm just loving this and i'm gonna say goodbye goodbye everyone and then alicia and i are gonna talk a little more so bye everyone (laughs) thank you bye bye Thank you for listening to the entire show. If you loved this episode, please share it with a friend, let her know how it helped you and what you learned and why she might like it too. And if you would like a free downloadable video portfolio that includes the inner core energizer routine that's found in my book, lady bits, plus the first seven days of my ab camp series. Simply leave a review of this podcast on iTunes and then send a screenshot of of your review to me, Brianne, at femfusionfitness.com. Again, that's Brianne at femfusionfitness.com. I will personally get back to you with your free downloadable video portfolio. I will see you next time. And remember, you don't have to be an expert, but every woman should know a bit.